Before we begin this episode, we're taking a moment to remember our dear friend and EPPL colleague, Marisa Wally. Maurice passed away at the beginning of October at the age of 61. Maurice spent a total of 23 years as a staff member at the Evansville Vandenberg Public Library, working first at EVPL McCullough before joining the team at EVPL Central in 2005. Maurice loved football, food, and more than anything else, people. Maurice will be greatly missed by everyone in his life, including his family in Kenya and his family and friends here in the United States. Maurice always saw the best in people and would give compliments freely. His thoughtful insights will now be cherished memories of time spent with him. His joy for life and his passion for his job will be remembered with fondness. Though his light in this world has been extinguished, we will carry the light he shared with us all forever. Hello and welcome to Check It Out at EVPL. A podcast from your local library. I'm your host, Alan. And I'm your other host, Aaron, and today we are joined by Jake. Hey! How's it going, Jake? I'm here, and it's a beautiful day. It's fall. I'm happy because it's fall. So today we are going to be discussing food and books in the aptly titled Book Buffet episode. So, guys, we got Thanksgiving on the horizon. And do you have any favorite dishes from the holiday you'd like to talk about? Or drink? just do that directly into the tell, mic. Yeah, tell us, Jake. <laughs> please, please uh, Sorry, share I with the listeners. Drink. Share with the listeners what you're drinking, and you know, describe it in the most excruciating I, detail. I have cold brew, peppermint roasted cold brew. I think, or it's I'm bad at flavors. And it has a light dash of cream and a normal amount of ice and a sweet aftertaste. It's delightful, and I'm awake because of it. <laughs> Thank you, caffeine. Anyway, Anyways. yes. Anyway, it goes. It would go great with a Thanksgiving meal. Let's put it that way. There you go. Amazing segue. Yes. So, Jake, what Thanksgiving food would you pair with this beverage? Well, um, if I had to pick a good one, it would be a nice cold dish, like five-cup salad. That's what my grandma always made for every holiday. Um, she's quit making it now because it's something you don't see much of anymore. There is a nice little deli here in downtown Evansville. I found it there before. Now, I'm not familiar with this name. I may know what it is. Yeah, it's... It can be made with five cups of different things. And okay. I looked up just a couple of different recipes online. And, for example, you could do a cup of mandarin oranges drained, a cup of crushed pineapple drained, two cups of miniature marshmallows, and a cup of flaked coconut. Or you could take out one cup of those marshmallows and add a cup of pecans or almonds, which my grandma did. I mean, it's pretty good the first time you have it, but if you let it sit, it gets soggy and kind of nasty, and then no one wants it as a leftover. But... It's a, it's a nice southern, I don't want to call it delicacy, but it's something people seem to like in my family, and it's been around for a long time. So does she usually make the same variety, or is it oh, yes. she mix it up? Oh, yes. It is the same. It's the only thing she would ever make. It's hmm. just that. So why does this stick out to you the most when you think about Thanksgiving? Because it was always the first thing you came to when you were filling your plate. We seriously had a buffet at my aunt and uncle's house, and 
That was always the first thing. And I don't know if it's because it was cold or that's just always where the container went. And it's just one of those things that you only really have at Thanksgiving and maybe at Christmas. Sometimes Christmas was green bean casserole instead of five cup salad. Mm. Two totally different tastes, but hey, they both work. Now, when you said your grandma usually makes this, I definitely mm. thought of the TikTok guy, Dylan Hollis. Are you familiar with him at all? No, but I've heard the name. Okay. He does like all these old recipes from like the Depression era and World oh, War II. Like, yeah, 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 all yeah, those yeah, weird yeah. recipes yeah. when food was being rationed. And so I, I was definitely thinking you were going to be bringing in some sort of horrifying jello concoction. Well, speaking of jello, on my dad's side of the family, I remember a vegetable jello combination that was made at Thanksgiving when I was a little kid, and it was supposed to be like a savory jello. And I just remember never wanting that ever again. It's like picture a can of peas and some lime jello. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't lime flavored. I can't think back that far, but it was green. It was green. It was vegetables. It was jello and probably tasted as good as something you'd pull out of the garbage. When you said veggie jello i'm like oh this is the worst and yet somehow it got progressively worse as you described yes. more and more of it yes and i just out of curiosity now i have to because you mentioned jello earlier than i remembered that and i just have to see if that's actually a thing it is a thing when you go to google veggie jello salad oh my any listeners out there, don't Google that. You really don't want to. <laughs> it's a thing. And it's like that's the that's the most harmless thing we could recommend that yes. they Google right now. I really don't think it's in I hope it's not in one of our cookbooks within the library. But. All right, I gotta see a picture of this. Okay, hold on. Here we go. This has olives and I love the description of this though. Sweet, salty, cool, crunchy, a great addition to any family holiday buffet. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay, we're going to link to a picture of that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. You, yes you I will that? gladly. To me. I, I think you, you need to use words from a dead language to describe what we yes. just saw. Yes. In this picture, they, in addition, they have olives, carrots, pecans. Oh, there's pimentos. Pineapple. This just seems like the absolute worst combination of produce. One of the other options you can add as a topping is Parmesan cheese, and I'm really just... (laughs) (laughs) So, Aaron, you're going to make this and bring it to the holiday potluck, right? I will bring that cursed thing here. I think we should all just kind of take a bite of it and just regret every decision (laughs) that led to that moment. Let's, Let's talk about better food, maybe. Aaron, what's your favorite? All right, so this is a recipe that my mom actually kind of introduced, uh, I think, about 10 or so years ago. It's called onion pie. And uh, basically, it's just a uh, it's just onions, cheese, Ritz crackers, and eggs. Did I already mm-hmm. say eggs? I don't know. I, who knows? <laughs> it's a four-ingredient uh, recipe, and I think I already messed that up. But anyways... So very simple. You throw it all together, bake it. It's like a frittata, basically. Very fluffy, very firm. And my mom, so the story of it, it like makes it sound like it's the beginning of a horror movie because she was looking for a 
older recipe to try, and she found this in a 40-year-old uh, sports boosters cookbook from our old high school. <laughs> oh, um, I remember making yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> and she tried it, and uh, I mean, I, I think most of my family is okay with it, but because me and my wife are just absolutely just uh, head over heels in love with this thing, they kind of tolerate it, and <laughs> so we have to have onion pie at every Thanksgiving and Christmas now. It's not what you're thinking of. It's not like a crusted apple-looking pie with onions and stuff, apples. Yeah, um, it, it sounds to me kind of like a quiche. Yeah, it's a quiche. I'm quiche just imagining potato. all the things you can put in this, too. You could add so much to it. Yeah, you can basically turn it into like a uh, breakfast casserole at that point. Sausage, mushrooms, all, olive jello. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ellen, what about you? What's your go-to favorite? Uh, my go-to Thanksgiving dish is curried sweet potato mash. I've always really liked sweet potatoes, but I think it's really weird that you serve them with, like, marshmallows on top. That's just always thrown me off. So I was looking up other kind of ways to prepare it, and I found curried sweet potatoes, which I love curry. And it's really easy to make. You just boil and mash the sweet potatoes, add some curry, a little bit of brown sugar, and some fresh green onions. Just mix it all up. It tastes amazing. I really, 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 really try to like sweet potatoes, mm -hmm. but I, I, I can't. Have you tried starting with like sweet potato fries? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I, I tried every single recommended recipe that says, if you don't like sweet potatoes, try this. Mm. Just can't get into them though. No, I'm just too much of a diehard russet potato, mashed potato guy. But yours does sound really good for mm -hmm. someone who is into sweet potatoes. <laughs> Jake, what's your stance on sweet potatoes? They're not bad. They're not my favorite. You I, say that like you have the world's biggest butt coming. <laughs> I really don't like I'm I'm used to seeing them in like the candy yam style, which I know there is a difference, oh. but those just they've always looked gross to me. I, I can do sweet potato fries occasionally. Mm-hmm. But you can't mess with just good old-fashioned potatoes. I wouldn't do it at the holidays, though. Don't spring the new thing on the family at the holidays. That yeah, that's a, that's a good philosophy. Like you, yeah. you want to bring out like the the tried and true yes. classics. Yes, stick to what's easy and predicted and loved. Yeah, I definitely made the curried sweet potatoes like just for myself because sweet potatoes were on sale one week. And then once I had it, and I'm like, oh, this is actually good. And, like, my roommate had some, and she really liked it. And then I'm like, this is my seasonal dish. Oh, I might have to try I love curry flavor, though. So maybe maybe this will be, after years of looking, maybe this is the thing that turns me over. Aaron, I will make you some curried sweet potatoes. Okay. And then okay. I will make you something that doesn't suck. So Olive jello salad. Olive jello. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess we need to do that at this point since we've just put it out there. In case people don't like any of our foods or the olive jello salad, what other options do we have for people? I mean, there's always the, the classic turkey, which yeah. I picked up the latest issue of Bon Appetit magazine that you can get at EVPL. Um, I checked out a magazine. This is the first time I have ever checked out a magazine from the library this week and read all about because this turkey looks so nice and... The way it was prepared would cost probably $300, and I'm not prepared to go that far out for Thanksgiving. But 
I tell you, a nice classic turkey, if you do it right, you can't go wrong. But what made this turkey cost $300? It was raised specifically for this Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> okay. At least that's the impression I got from reading this, <laughs> or most of the article. I, I'll i be honest, I got the magazine for the pictures. I'm a librarian, and I just said that. Hmm. Yeah, my husband is the one who always like makes a, a turkey. He's really into cooking, and so... If there's an excuse to invite people over, he's like, oh, I'm going to make something really big. And so we always have like a nice turkey. I remember a few years ago finding out about what I guess is a tradition now on public radio. On Thanksgiving Day, they have a show you can call the into. Ain't no bells? Where they, they're like the turkey support. Oh, like they, okay. they support you all about how you cook your turkey. We're and talking about a different thing, but that's fine. Hey, I mean, both would be good, but I, I can just imagine you need turkey. You need turkey help. Call on the day of. Wait until the last minute, which we all do that. So this is open for people who were like start having panic attacks while they're preparing. Yeah, turkey I'm, and- I'm sure they thought, oh, I can thaw it out in the bathtub overnight, oh, yeah. and then <laughs> wait, do I put corn in my turkey? And people who have just never cooked before, probably. I'm sure there it's it's when people get to the point where they realize, oh, if I don't cook this correctly, I could possibly kill someone. Oh, I should probably yes. get some outside yes. help. I have been to an ER on Thanksgiving before, and I did ask. It wasn't for me. It was for a family member who got ill on Thanksgiving a few years ago. But I did. Rem- I do remember asking one of the nurses if people showed up on Thanksgiving or just any holiday with like foodborne illnesses, and she said that probably in the top five on major holidays is mm. foodborne oh, illness. Yeah. So. The other thing that NPR does around Thanksgiving is they they play the audio from the Ig Nobel Awards. Have you guys heard of those? No. I feel like well, I should. What are those? Okay, so it is a show that is basically the academic community getting together to make fun of themselves. And they accept oh. submissions of any research that sounds like out there and weird and totally random. And then they award prizes for it. I think I've heard of this before. This sounds familiar now. Yeah, there was one year where the physics prize was granted to someone for testing the amount of friction between a shoe and a banana peel and the banana peel in the floor. So literally they were awarded a prize for testing the slipperiness of bananas. <laughs> hey, it's worthwhile research. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just not going to make the headlines on like Associated Press anytime soon. No. Yeah. So we uh, all of us brought some of our favorite cookbooks from our own collection to share with you. And I think we've got some really good out there ones. I'll go ahead and go first. I brought the Bob's Burgers Burger book. Now, if you're not familiar with it, Bob's Burgers is a anime series. And this burger book stems from a ongoing joke on the show where uh, in the background, usually not even mentioned by any of the characters, there is a burger of the day on the blackboard. And what they did was they actually took every single uh, burger of the day over the course of like five seasons and made a actual recipe book for all those burgers. And you will find such delightful names as Do the Brussels Burger. It's fun to eat at the Rye MCA Burger. <laughs> if looks could kale burger, every breath you tick tikka masala burger. And my favorite one, the cauliflowers, cumin from the ins from inside the house burger. Now we actually tried the a good manchigo is hard to find burger, 
which was a uh, manchego cheese, figs, and bacon. And it was really good. And, you know, if you feel like you don't want to try to uh, attack cooking a burger, then they do have a section at the very beginning that tells you, like, the basics of, you know, how to cook, like, a good hamburger. Uh, my favorite cookbook, because in my household we are a very joke-centered place, so we have nothing but, like, comedy cookbooks. So my favorite is You Suck at Cooking, The Absurdly Practical Guide to Sucking Slightly Less at Making Food. And it's based off of a YouTube channel, which we talked about before we started recording. We're definitely going to include a link to that. But it's it's just a really great introduction if you kind of don't know what you're doing in the kitchen. This is also a book that we have in our collection. It, it features like really nice meals, but prepared in very easy ways. So there's recipes for like cheddar broccoli soup, uh, quinoa salad, and roast Brussels sprouts that are actually like pretty tasty, which is impressive for Brussels sprouts. Jake, do you have a favorite cookbook? I, I will say this. I don't have a favorite, but I did. I've done a little bit of research this week into what we offer at the library. And this is just representative of cookbooks in general. And based on what we have in our collection and what you see available for sale just on Amazon and through Bookshop and through all these other sources, the most popular cookbooks right now are either having to deal with veganism, the keto diet, or air fryers. Mm. I think some of the best ones we have at the library happen to come from our digital collections, for example. Well, I'll take that back. There is a new one that I want to – I need to put it on hold. I've meant to do this a couple of times, and I keep forgetting. It's available at uh, Central McCullough North Park, Oakland, and Red Bank. To just throw that out there if you're listening and you want to pick it up. The Bean Cookbook, Creative Recipes for Every Meal of the Day. Because I did get to look through this when it came in for processing, and my gosh – you would not know all that you can do with beans. I was surprised by the power of the garbanzo. <laughs> Another one, it's also new, and it's only because it's we're going into winter, and it's like that time of year I think about, oh, things that are canned and, and perfectly in a jar, like soup that's pre-made for you. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a new book called The Art of Preserving, which is ancient techniques and modern inventions to capture every season in a jar. And the cover is a picture of... Fresh pickled cucumber, and it's like, hmm, that does look tasty. But the other one that is on Hoopla, if you want to check it out, for any adult listeners, mmm, uh, I'm saying mmm in place of a different word, that's delicious. An annotated guide to eating well, which we do have in print, but we also have on Hoopla. It's kind of like a part cookbook, part travelogue of um, getting to know certain restaurant or certain uh, regions of cooking. And it, I've looked, I've, I checked it out. It came out, oh, I want to say like, you know, I can just look down and I can tell you specifically in 2017, but it's worth taking the time to uh, look through if you want to get some good recipes and just, especially if you're just getting started cooking. Now that is based off the Vice TV show of the same name, correct? I believe so. Posted by Action Bronson? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I will just point out also. You would think some cookbooks we would replace over time. That's one of the things. It's really hard, and I'm glad I don't have to weed cookbooks because there are some of these I could just say, never say no to get rid of because we do have some that are, I mean, the joy of cooking. I put that on my list just because it's like, you know, there are multiple versions of this cookbook, but they circulate well, and there's always good stuff in the joy of cooking. There's, there's weird stuff too. I mean, mm -hmm. but you can't go wrong with a classic like the joy of cooking, just like you can't go wrong with turkey. 
I feel like the um, the cookbook section of the nonfiction. I feel like there's just this underlying expectation that it's supposed to be one of the bigger sections because it is like I think a couple like several shelves in our oh, in the yeah. central location alone. Yeah. There were a couple cookbooks I found in our collection that stood out to me, and I feel like they're kind of related. Uh, the ones that I like are the Meals in a Mug books. We have a few different oh, things. Yeah. yeah, they're great. It's always really good food, and it's really fast and easy to make if you're just looking for a quick meal for yourself. But there's a version that predates the Mug Meals kind of style, which is this book called... A Man, a Can, and a Plan Cookbook. And these were written, I think, in like the late 90s or early 2000s. And it's basically the same as A Meal in a Mug, but it's very condescending to like, even a man can cook. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, even a bachelor can make dinner. And the book itself looks like a can, like it's that shape. And it's made of like very thick cardstock, so it's hardier for the man to hold in his manly hands. I'm just imagining the the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, like just yelling everything <laughs> you just said. We we don't have the original anymore; that got weeded out of the collection. But we do have the sequel, A Man, A Can, and a Microwave, <laughs> and that is a book that we have here at the library. That could be helpful for those on Thanksgiving that decide they're going to microwave their turkey two hours before dinner. Yeah. Which I advise you do not do. This reminds me of there's one I found called the Camp Out Cookbook. Mm-hmm. And it's really good, especially for someone like me who is like, I love the outdoors, but I definitely don't want to camp. I definitely grew up camping, so I'm into it. I mean, yeah, cooking food like on an open fire. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's part of the aesthetic, though. Have you guys ever done... It's the same thing, but different. Like roasting potatoes in tinfoil in like mm-hmm. the coals. Yes, yeah. And then also, have you ever done the dessert version of that where you uh, slice open a banana, you stuff it full of like chocolate and marshmallows, wrap it in foil, and just stick it in the coals? No, but I'm going to try that at home. I'm going to yeah. like throw some coals on the ground in my living room because that sounds so delicious. <laughs> I, w- I-, I would recommend maybe using a charcoal grill. No, too late. Ideas in my mind. Um, but the secret for both of those is that you wait until the fire has started dying down because then you're not like just shoving your hand in there to get to the food and the coals are still hot. So that's what's going to cook it for you. Right. If you're a firefighter listening right now, I'd recommend you to please stand by. Aaron <laughs> will need you tonight. Uh, we will be sending you Aaron's address so you can be there before the phone call comes in. Well, I'm sorry you guys aren't as adventurous as I am. So is there like something you've ever made that you were just kind of like fist on the table like, oh, nailed it? Well, I used to think, oh, I can make fettuccine Alfredo. I can buy a jar of Alfredo sauce and I can <laughs> buy a box of noodles. Now, I'll tell you, I'm still not going to make homemade noodles as that is a bunch of work. I mean, that's too much work. The box is fine. The box of noodles, it's, it's, it's noodles. But when you can learn to make a good sauce from that starchy pasta water – a little bit of butter and stirring it at faster than the speed of light and sprinkling in some pecorino parmigiano whatever cheese they suggest in whatever video i've watched it can work pretty well that definitely sounds like a good way to step up your pasta game yeah 
There's a pasta that I really like. I don't make it that often. I just like it because of the name. When you can make spaghetti aglio e olio. Yes. I have seen videos of that too. And that I need to try that sometime. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty good, but just the name alone is enough to make you <laughs> want it. Because yeah. There are just that many O's. Is that the one that has like a sprinkling of like red pepper and butter and all that jazz? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very simple recipe. Yeah. Olive oil, garlic, red pepper flakes, uh, black pepper, parsley, and Parmesan. That's one thing I'll say about cooking. And I, I learned this from a cookbook I did find here at the library a few years ago. Fresh parsley makes all the difference. Dried parsley is just green flakes that could be green cardboard that you get at the store. Get fresh parsley. That is a good okay, check. Drawing this line in the sand. Yes. So I um, – this was actually just a couple months back. I made what is known as – and I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly uh, – Rasal Nike. And that is a Russian pickle beef stew. Uh, I and, remember you posting about that online. Yeah. yeah. And it was – I got the idea for of it from watching – Cooking with History, I think, is the name of the YouTube channel. Basically, hmm. he just makes recipes from every single corner of history. And the episode on like uh, what uh, poor Russian and Ukrainian people were making at like the turn of the uh, 20th century. And I'm like, ooh, that looks all that sounds delicious. And so I went with this Rasalnik. And it's basically just you make a beef stew and then halfway through the beef stew, you take every single pickle you can find like <laughs> within a hundred mile radius, chop it up, throw in the stew, let that simmer for like another 25 minutes. And it creates like a you've got that, of course, like the savory beef taste mixed with like a tangy tanginess that comes from the pickle. And you put like a dollop of ice cream, uh, ice cream. Yes. <laughs> dollop of sour cream on that. And that thing sings. You can try ice cream, too, and let me know how it goes. You can email us at podcast at evpl.org and let us know how ice cream and rosalnik taste. My favorite thing to cook is an Italian dish, and I discovered it because I was just thinking about what I should make for dinner one day, and I knew I had a can of black beans and some chicken sausage. And so I Googled uh, recipes to make using those two things. (laughs) And I came across a recipe for one pan uh, gnocchi black bean and sausage meal. So you have like that pasta and you have the sausage and you have beans and you also throw in tomatoes, cheese and onions and spinach. And you like cook down the onions, you add in some garlic and then you add everything else. And uh, once it kind of cooks on the stove for a little bit and the spinach settles down mm-hmm. uh, you throw it in the oven and let it get really crispy on top nice that sounds really really that good. that does sound good at first when yeah. you said it included the black beans too and i'm like oh mm-hmm. where is this gonna go but that's <laughs> i mean i want that for lunch now well and you bring up a good point there is if we have uh, listeners out there who just like to just pull from the pantry and uh, figure out what to cook with what you got. Like you can, it's very easy just to put in the individual greens you have in Google search mm-hmm. and you will always oh, find yeah. like several recipes. Yeah. Like if you've never done that, definitely try that. I do that at least once a month. We're lucky in the fact that if you do, if you can't find the specific videos you're looking for on YouTube, we do have a pretty big collection in our, in uh, canopy and hoopla video 
cooking programs. So yeah, definitely go online and check it out at evpl.org. Also, if your kids, if if there are kids listening, or if you have kids, or you want to have kids, even <laughs> if you're really planning down the road, we do have some good cooking programs for kids. We've been kicking off, especially this year. They've started off virtual. Hopefully, they will grow to be more in person again. Like we had some a few years ago, we have a great uh, thing called a Charlie cart that they use with cooking programs. So mm-hmm. it's a plug for EVPL programming. Go online and check it out. Uh, there's also a great website that you don't need a subscription to access. It's called myfridgefood.com. And it's just a list of things that you probably have laying around. And you click on the ones that you have in your kitchen and then it gives you different recipes. Oh, nice. That also reminds me of a cookbook that I found a while ago, and it's kind of aimed at college kids or uh, large families. It's mm-hmm. it's called Good and Cheap, Eat Well on $4 a Day, and it is like a lot of tips and suggestions, and it gives a lot of really good recipes that you can use seasonally. So it's very much putting an emphasis on getting fresh produce at lower prices when it's in season. Uh, I don't think we have a copy of it in our collection, but you can get the PDF online for free if you just Google the title. Oh, nice, nice. So speaking of college students, I know there's been books out there that uh, focus on basically just taking ramen and like mm. figuring out like hundreds of different ways to cook ramen. Hmm, trying to remember... I feel like we got a new ramen cookbook here at the library recently, like all things ramen, because there's been such a push with ramen and um, what's the name of the Thai dish that's ramen based? Uh, uh, pho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I always want to say pho, and I'm like, I know it's not pho. It's pho. <laughs> I definitely have a hot ramen tip. Uh, here in Evansville, we have an international market. It's Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely recommend that place because you can get like – far superior instant ramen packets for like 80 cents and you're gonna find a lot of the the different seasonings and sauces you can't find in most of the local stores Mm -hmm. that a lot of these recipes do call for i've been there several times too it is great Uh, i'm probably butchering the pronunciation uh ahua international market and they have a lot of various Asian foods, but they also have um, like Middle Eastern stuff as well. That's really cool. And they have a, a little restaurant connected yes. to the side, right? Yes. It always smells good in there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you guys, but I know a lot of times growing up, reading different books and looking at watching different movies, there was always like some type of food that really caught my eye. Uh, and for me personally, like one of the memories that have really stuck around the most is from the movie Hook with mm-hmm. uh, when um, Pan and the us boys are eating the imaginary food. And at mm-hmm. first you don't see the food, of course, because it's imaginary. But then when you actually see it, it's basically just whipped cream with food coloring. <laughs> and to like six-year-old Aaron, that was like looked amazing and delicious. I remember when the first Harry Potter movie came out. I knew I had read the first book. I knew what to expect in the movie. But I was just amazed by the scene where they go in the Great Hall the first time. And there's all this food. And the food's being like magically passed around. And I was just like, I want to go to there now. 
<laughs> and I will always that is always going to be like my dream dining adventure. If if that if that's my if that's heaven to me, then if that if that's what happens when I die, I would I could just ex- go with that, be in that room, and be at that table and forever, and I'd be happy. Of course, with good company though too. I don't know. I've never really been struck by any food from like a show or anything. I do like the books that have recipes in the back, like all those cozy mysteries. Oh, yes. And uh, I I especially love the ones where the title mentions something about poison, and then it's like recipes included in the back. What's in that recipe? I have to end. I just have to say this because this is just – this all makes me think of the movie Christmas Vacation and the dining room scene where the whole family is around for Christmas and uh, they're getting ready to carve the turkey and – Clark Griswold's like, hmm, if this looks just delicious, it tastes half as delicious as it looks. And then they cut the turkey open and it goes, it's just so dry. And God love Cousin Eddie going, save the neck for me, Clark. That That is my favorite. I mean, it's probably one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's my favorite holiday movie. And I tell you, that food scene is right up there with the Harry Potter food scene for me. <laughs> I'll go with one more. And this was from a book series I loved as a kid it was from the hatchet series oh yes by gary paulson yes. rest in peace who just recently passed away and um, it was from the book brian's winter which is weird because he decided in the middle of the hatchet series he's going to have this alternate universe where brian was not saved at the end of hatchet and he has to continue surviving through the winter anyways he has himself his very own thanksgiving uh feast with like a deer and some grounded up um, berries that he turns into like his own version of the cranberry sauce and the way mm-hmm. Gary describes it it just always like just hit the right notes for me I'd like to see someone like one of us recreating that though having like probably less outdoor skills than this child had <laughs> and just how how appetizing is this actually when a 21st century adult makes it from foraging well I almost hit a deer the other day so i'm sure we'll have a deer here pretty soon mm-hmm. between the three of us because they are they are out and about well i don't know about you guys but my stomach is growling yeah i'm getting hungry so i think that might be a good spot to wrap it up absolutely so thank you again jake for joining us yeah for this food happy heavy to... recipe uh, episode <laughs> happy to join you on this journey of fun and food and Jake, do you have anything you want to plug before you leave? Uh, if you are looking to improve your computer skills, check out the EVPL website. Check out our events calendar. I'm teaching some fun computer courses this month available across the EVPL system. Or if you just need some one-on-one time with a librarian to learn a new skill, check out the Book of Librarian page on EVPL.org. All right, thanks for listening. And if you have any food-related stories or recipes you think we should know, please send them to us at podcast at evpl.org. <laughs>